Today, I'm really excited to have Spencer Camp on the podcast. Spencer is the founder of Future, which is a super app that allows you to connect all different fintech areas, such as investing, stocks, crypto, credit, etc., in one app. Prior to founding Future, Spencer had worked on a couple other mobile applications as well, such as Reality News and Slide. He had also worked as a product designer at Sling TV, Wix.com, Thermo Fisher Scientific, and Accenture. It was really interesting to see how Spencer taking different trends in technology, such as banking in a service, and utilizing that in order to put in a new functionality in a super app. Spencer is specifically focusing on fintech, but I think the work that Spencer is doing can definitely apply in a bunch of different other fields and will likely be groundbreaking for the fintech industry and perhaps other industries as well that maybe use future as a roadmap for what success can look like. So really excited to get into it. I really enjoyed having Spencer on and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hello, Spencer, and welcome to the podcast. Really glad to have you. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you as well. Perfect. Well, you know, let's get into it. So, you know, what got you into entrepreneurship and, and how do you get started in all of this? So I see entrepreneurship as it's an adventure. It's all about uh, embarking on a, on a journey and trying to create something really great that the world hasn't yet experienced. And, you know, like kind of how I define an adventure is it's all about kind of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to, yeah, again, like embark on something that has not been done before. It's supposed to be fun and mm -hmm. a little bit ambitious. And you'll see that like the startup that I chose to, to start is extremely ambitious. It's almost like crazy. Um, and a lot of people, you know, will immediately push back like, oh my gosh, like that's it. Are you really competing against like PayPal and SoFi? And it's funny, SoFi is like right down the street. So I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that's, that's not a huge, huge deal. But I, but I think like, you know, it is kind of crazy to c compete against these massive companies. And, uh, you know, like the, the, I could, I don't know if you want, I'd, I'd be happy to get into a little bit about what future is and like why this ambitious adventure for me is all about um, having fun, creating something amazing, and then just helping people in the world. Like it's mm -hmm. got to be like complex, but it sometimes things are kind of simple. Like it's just kind of, that's how it is. Well, future seems so tied to your story. So let's just get into it. You know, let's, let's talk about future and, you know, just get into it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, I mean, like a little bit of, of my background, I am a product designer and I approach things from like a design lens. I'm always thinking about creating something with an experience tied to it that has something, you know, that makes people feel a certain way that uh, solves problems and kind of really leads to good conclusions in people's lives, helps people accomplish things and accelerates their capabilities. You know, right. I think like that's in, in future is it's kind of like it, it basically just so everyone knows it's a it's a fintech app. And basically like SoFi, you know how they're creating a uh, kind of like an all-in-one financial services product. That's we're doing the exact same thing, uh, trying to create an all-in-one financial super app. And that just means like you've got like, you know, all these different apps. You've got Mint.com, you've got Robinhood, you probably, you know, Coinbase. You've got this massive landscape of different fintech apps that have really pulled apart, picked apart all these big traditional banks 
And, um, you know, you've got the traditional banks, the massive world of the fintech apps. And what I'm trying to do is create a super app, combine and rebundle everything up into one nice, beautiful, sweet experience. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, like you sort of mentioned, there are just so many new startups that have come up. Uh, not, not, they're not startups anymore, now they're huge companies, but you know, in the last five or six years, so many new fintech giants have popped up, like SoFi, Robinhood. Um, so for you, like, what was that pivotal moment that made it uh, the right problem to start solving and, and you know, led you towards that direction? So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a finance nerd. I mm-hmm. did my undergrad in business. I, you know, I took a year of accounting and and really felt that for the longest time, there's not been like a, a piece of technology that has really gained my interest to, this, to the extent that it helped me solve the financial problems I was dealing with and that I was seeing other people deal with as well, which is, you know, the ability to really cohesively and holistically manage your financial life. And uh, I'm a SoFi user. I I use Robinhood. I use Coinbase. I use all these different, you know, I've tried them all like Albert, Digit, Dave, like there's just like, there's a ridiculous amount of them and they've all got really cool names and mascots and and cool stuff like that. But I'm not like, you know, Chime is like, they just opened an office down the street that is massive. And they're all these different fintech apps are, uh, they just don't quite cut it. And it, it's weird for me to say that, like from my personal experience, they don't quite cut it because for a lot of people, they they serve a certain need. Like Chime, for instance, quick, easy uh, bank account. You can just create and they'll, they'll forward you some money. Or, you know, Coinbase, you can really deal with kind of the, the you know, crypto Web3 world very easily. And it's kind of like an accessible bridge to that. And, you know, Robinhood, you can invest money. And in I actually love the experience of Robinhood. I'm very, you know, huge respect for them. But I, I feel like, again, we get to like the fragmented nature of all of this. There's like a definitely a problem to solve where I'm kind of leaning into uh, trying to, like, as a designer, create a, take all this fragmentation and and turn it into a unity, turn it into right. a, uh, you know, like a oneness so that, uh, uh, you know, the experience that you initially have when you open the app is number one, you you know, your mind should be blown at how simple it is, but at, at the same time, how holistic all the different categories of finance can be, you know, boiled down to like the simple user interface and how, you know, as you, as you walk through it, it hopefully, you know, helps you live your life financially. Right. Right. And I think, you know, one thing that's really unique that you mentioned there is that, you know, right now there's a fragment in nature with, with fintech apps. You have Robinhood for investing, you have Coinbase for investing in crypto, and, you know, there's a whole, and Chime for bank accounts, for example, um, which, which, you know, they have their own purpose. But I think, you know, if we look at other industries, for example, like, you know, there's so many big companies now with different ecosystems that are able to leverage all these different features together. They're under one umbrella, but because they're under, you know, one entity, they're able to make features that you can't get in a fragmented nature here. Hmm. So, you know, when you, when you think about future, for example, is that sort of the mindset there where you're thinking about the different integrations you're able to do with the products? Is that something on the roadmap? That's definitely the play. And I'd say like ecosystem is the right word. And the super app is in and of itself an ecosystem. And I think uh, Block is a great example of an ecosystem play. 
they right. they have their own separate uh, you know fl- uh, flywheels or or positive feedback loops that themselves play into each other and they connect loosely. Now the problem with an ecosystem like let's these all these different companies versus a super app, I'd say SoFi is more of like a super app. Is these these two things are um, you know ecosystems are dis decentralized dislocated pieces of a potential positive feedback loop whereas you spin them all together they end up with a really nice result and they can almost look like holding companies but they're at the same time just loosely connected where if you really wanted to expand your business and run payroll and you know send money to people and accept money you could do that all under the umbrella of the ecosystem of cash app mixed with uh, square you know all those all those things in the block ecosystem, and then you can add Bitcoin in there. But then on the other hand, a super app is is more of a united, uh, as opposed to an ecosystem. It's more of a united one user experience. And SoFi right. does this. We don't really have too many super apps. I think you mentioned that in a little bit, you know, a while ago. And like super apps themselves, I think are you know we're kind of pioneering what they look like, but you, you know, as a lot of people know, like in other countries, they're much more normal. Um, yeah. But here, you know, we more have focused apps. So I'm trying to more do the super app thing as opposed to the ecosystem. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, so I, I recently took a trip to uh, Indonesia uh, with a couple of friends. And I know, you know, in Indonesia, there's two really big super apps, you know, Gojek and Grab. And for me, you know, North America, I, I haven't seen North America you know, get a hold of super apps as much as Asia. Mm. Uh, so it sort of blew my mind the first time I got to, like, you know, I got introduced to like a proper huge super app, like, like grab and Gojek. And I, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me because at the beginning I was like, this is a little bit weird. You know, everything's under one, like in one app, but then you realize the convenience of it where it's like, you know, if you want to call, so, so with grab, it's sort of like Uber, Uber Eats, but there's also uh, other functionality like you can call people to to do work at your house and stuff like that so hmm. like having all the functionality of one app even though initially it felt a little bit weird i started to see the benefits of it where it's like you just go to, it's like a one-stop shop you go there you don't have to necessarily go find another app to go download it's one account it's so you don't have to put different payment methods stuff like that um so i was just wondering like f- for that First of all, is, do you think there's a reason why in North America super apps haven't necessarily caught on as much as the rest of the world? Uh, and and second, like what it, what do you think future does unique that sort of addresses that? Yeah, I think like I've, I, you know, the in the movements of uh, businesses and as they change and ebb and flow and cycles and business cycles and macroeconomics, like I, I've always felt like there's two different plays. There's the bundle and then there's the unbundle, right? Like there's, there's, you can either, you know, consolidate or you can divide. And I think we've just recently went through a massive dividing period where the traditional banks were actually kind of their original financial super apps. They, you know, JP Morgan Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, Bank of America, they uh, consolidated. You could go to like a bank branch and, and your entire financial life could be covered. You can get a loan, you can uh, do financing, you can, they do sometimes do insurance deals. You could do anything financial you want with one bank. And then sure. came, you know, the financial crisis and then, you know, the technology of, you know, mobile 
mobile apps and the lack of adoption and just kind of like sitting on their hands and the regulatory red tape made it so that these traditional banks didn't really uh, innovate at all. They kind of just sat on what their existing technology stack was. So Robinhood and Coinbase and all these different, uh, you know, Chime, they, they kind of pulled apart the bundle and they unbundled everything. And just re, you know, completely the landscape just became the wild west of, you know, you've got 10 different apps doing finance and it's on, and that's kind of where we're currently at. And I think like right now, what we, we've also seen is that um, there's this new infrastructure being created called banking as a service, which a lot of people don't, you know, if you're not familiar with the fintech space, you're not, it's kind of like the new, really exciting thing. And I think will be even more impactful than crypto or anything out there is basically there are companies that have taken banking and they've turned it into an API where, and they've taken insurance and they turned it into an API. And now literally everything is an API so that, you know, in the technical like space of things like that basically means we now have the, uh, I think the the shift or the turning point where all of the infrastructure that banks had unique to themselves, including regulatory, you know, red tape and all that types of things. Now you just plug it into your app and you can uh, run with it. They kind of, a third party takes care of the servicing part of the creation of bank, uh, bank accounts and the, you know, servicing of loans and the, you know, underwriting of, of loans and like the, you know, insurance and all those, all those types of things are taken care of by these third parties where you can just plug them into your app. And I kind of think right. that everything will eventually be an API. And what future is, is we're just plugging it all in. And the, right. the end user experience is like, okay, every, you, you don't really know who's providing what, but we're kind of taking care of that on the back end, plugging it in and um, yeah, creating a new bundle where you can just join future and literally just like you could back in back in the day, you could digitally take care of your entire like financial life in like a, a single app. Right. And that, that, that actually was going to relate to my next question because I was going to talk about like, you know, you know, because you're taking on all these different giants, for example, like SoFi, Chime, you know, I, I was going to ask you, like, do you feel like you might be spreading yourself too, uh, too thin? But, you know, like you mentioned there, there's all these companies that are working on the ape, like on, on, on the back end, pretty much the servicing part uh, of, of these functionalities. So by offering it in one UI, like you're not, you don't have, you don't have to build those new services. You're just plugging it into your app and making one cohesive experience. That, that's really unique actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of the design. It's a design problem. I think is how do you create this really complex super app in a design that is easy to use and is at first glance extremely simple. So it's got the complexity within the simplicity kind of problem. And that's that's a design problem. So that's right up my alley is a lot of startups aren't design problems. They're they're technical, they're, you know, they've got to, you've got to implement some new technology. We're not really doing that. We're really it's the the combination of all the different like services out there and presenting them in UI, that's the technological problem. It's, it's making it so the user experience is amazing. 
And I think that right. that's going to be the tough part. And I'm, I'm super excited about like future for that very reason. I believe, you know, we're going to launch pretty soon our MVP and like have it out in the public. So, um, you know, anyone's listening and wants to try it out. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, help you with that in any way possible. But I, it's gorgeous, like absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. I, in my opinion, it's better than anything else out there. But that remains to be seen. Well, I'll, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm super excited about it, and I think you know, I think one thing that's really underrated that you know, when you're coming from a technical background, or honestly, a lot of people who are in startups for a while too, I, I think it takes them a while to realize is that being the most technically sound isn't necessarily going to make you win in the market. Because at the end of the day, like you can have whatever technology you want in the back end, but it's about what the customer sees and as well as the customer's experiences. And so like, yeah, like even in this case, delivering some, even delivering the same experience that the customer has, but in a new package uh, with integrations that weren't possible before can go such a long way and it can create so much value. You don't have to necessarily be the, own the technical stack in the back end necessarily. So no, I, I, I'm really excited about that, and I'll definitely, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave a link in the, in the, in the notes for anybody who wants to try. Uh, they can reach out to you, and, and I'll. Uh, do you have a website for the? For the yeah. App? So, yeah, and we just got a new URL. So it's join future. Um, oh wait, so it's. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, joinfuture.com. That's it. Yeah, joinfuture.com. Um, future.com is not something that we could have gotten. It's that like. Oh man, that would have been that would have cost a lot. <laughs> Joinfuture.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll leave a link in that link for that. Uh, you know, in in the notes. But super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you know, sort of related to that, is there any other super apps coming up in the space that you're excited about? So I think the space for super apps is. So I mean, in, I'm more like focused on the the financial space, of course. And yeah. like super app, it's kind of, it's a fluid definition of what is a super app. It has, it, I see it as a bundle of various services and it can be really anything. And I think like, you know, right now we're seeing a, a massive shift where all the finance apps like Robinhood, Coinbase, they're actually moving towards becoming super apps. My prediction of the future is actually that um, in a few years or 10 years, we're going to see probably seven to 10 financial super apps, which will be, they'll have uh, a bank account or, or various bank accounts that you can create. You can issue debit cards. Um, you'll be able to get a credit card with them. Probably there'll be a gateway to crypto. Uh, there'll be some sort of lending or, or borrowing or a, you know, extension of capital to you in some sort of way. Um, and then, yeah, probably some sort of uh, link in with insurance, whether you're insuring uh, your phone, insur- you know, insuring something that you have. So like all these apps out there, including Chime, Robinhood, they're all going to extend themselves to become super apps. So really the end, we're just kind of like moving forward to what I believe the industry will be in the future, which is every right. finance space will bundle itself because unit economics works so much better in the long run. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, you'll have the first mover's advantage if everybody's going towards that. And I think, you know, I think actually one thing that's really interesting and, and it's, it's, it's related, but it's in a different industry hmm. is like, you know, Facebook, for example, added a bunch of new features to their app to make a sort of, sort of so super app where 
you need a marketplace and you know you're dating now stuff like that but because their initial offering was just facebook i think if you look at the design even today it's a little bit tough for them to to like integrate those different features uh under under the facebook collective because you know the ui and design was never made for that and they can't completely overhaul the ui and lose their core customers so i think yeah. one really unique advantage that future has is that you guys are coming in from you, like you guys get to come in from the ground from like from ground Ooh. zero and set up a design that is catered towards having all these different functionalities while something like Robinhood, for example you know as they move towards adding these different new functionalities they can't change their design drastically like you guys can because uh, you know, they have to keep catering to their core audience that they had at the beginning. That's 100% correct. And that's kind of the play is that the the ecosystems like Block and, you know, their disparate apps uh, being a positive feedback loop, as well as these kind of uh, apps that are expanding to become super apps, they themselves don't have the architecture that lends itself to a great user experience. And that's that's the user experience problem again. Whereas future right. is the the play is that we're going to have you know a great user experience from the ground up, it's going to be scaled scalable a scalable user experience. The navigation system is designed specifically so that we can hang things upon it, so that it can expand with us, so that we can continue. Like actually, you know, if you're going to have your holistic uh, finances all on one app, we're actually going to just bundle everything out. There's an API for bundling taxes. So that we can input all of that into a tax system, so that you can just push a like a button and essentially do all your taxes. Because you have a budgeting system right. where you're categorizing all your expenses. You have a you know your all your checking accounts and then every single bank that you own linked to it, um, as well as lending product, crypto wallet, whatever you know, pretty much everything's all linked in. So you know this tool called Column Tax. They're an API and they basically service taxing like um, or taxes. So you just push a button and it's super easy. Um, so like it's a compounding effect as each product is added right. to the, the whole like uh, product, it becomes, you know, like a compounding uh, value add to the end asset. So like, I think, you know, the flip side of like, you know, when you look at why, create a business. One reason is to help people and to pursue an adventure, an ambitious goal, and to like try to expand yourself and to help other people. I think that's one way. Another way is you see like an inefficiency in a market where, you know, the the fragmented fintech market is each each individual app is not really able to make money because they're basically features and they're not products. Like think of, uh, I think Truebill was one recent budgeting app where they they do a great job budgeting, but they were just purchased by Rocket Mortgage. And my, my suspicion is that, you know, a lot of these other apps that are merely like features, like Mint.com was acquired by Intuit, uh, Cash, or not Cash App, uh, Venmo was acquired by PayPal. All these like individual right. little features that are really awesome they don't have great unit economics in the end of the day because they're unbundling the bank. But when you rebundle, like the bank is a really great business model because you have all of yeah. like the average revenue per user is so much higher so that you can really actually 
it's kind of a win-win situation. You can you end up having more revenue per user, but at the same time on the on the flip side, you can give them discounts on let's say their their lending rates, or you can give them discounts on their right. their credit card, or give them a better um, uh, interest on their balance. All those types of things you can do that because they now use more services that you have. So like win-win situation, it's a like a positive feedback loop on the end of things. So I think that's, I'm leaning, I'm leaning in that, into that as well with future. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that, now that you're talking about it, yeah. Like, you know, when, when you have a checking account, that checking account can then lead into you getting an investing account, you know, getting a mortgage it's the whole, you know, all of finance is just open to you when the moment you join a bank. Uh, but you know, there's obviously a lot of inefficiencies with the bank that we have currently. And, you know, even they are, even though they are working towards that, just being a big institution, you know, they they can't move as fast as something like a startup, which which is sort of ripe for disruptive innovation. That's you know, that's that's the you know powder, sort of powder keg ready for One, that. Yeah, so I'm wondering, uh, do you, would you like to talk about like I think you know the perspective that I bring uniquely is that I focus on design and uh, creating things. Uh, you know, what is it that you have to do to create a magical product? I think is the end. You know, that's the question. And uh, there's the technology side of things where you've got to implement this. And my co-founder, Juan Alvarez, super great at that. And we're we're kind of like a great partnership team. But like, what is a magical, you know, design and experience? And how do you create that? And kind of, I think the the key to it, at least from my perspective and what I've seen, and I have literally no clue uh, what I'm doing some of these days, but, but like, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing is like, like I mentioned an entrepreneurship is an adventure, starting up something is an adventure and so is design and the exploration and the willingness to question observations and to ask things that people aren't willing to ask and to question your own assumptions, but at the same time, not discount them to be balanced in your thought process and thinking and to like articulate to users and really to yourself as well. Like, do you, is this really a desirable product? And being critical about that, I, I look at my, I've got it on my phone. I've got like the prototype on my phone every single day and I'm looking at it, asking myself critically, would, is this the best thing I've ever seen in my life? Like, is this the most intuitive, beautiful, amazing thing I've ever seen and the quote the answer is usually right. going to be no because you know clearly like you know you know you iterate towards that you explore towards that if the answer is no what is it about the specific design that can be approved and i'm always tweaking literally every day on that i think that's underplayed in design and like uh the iterative process is there's a lot of like technical processes but really you're sitting alone by yourself with the with the thing on your phone, like the prototype, and you're like looking at it. You ask yourself and just really grind like through the thought process of what is wrong with this. I'm and like try to poke holes at it, but not be balanced in the in the poking hole process. And then how can I make it absolutely the best thing that has ever existed? So it's it's. I think that's like for me. I'm trying to do that. We'll see if it ends up being that way, but. You know, it's it, it's the process of perfection and 
there's nothing right. wrong with being a perfectionist if you're trying to, you know, perfect yourself and achieve something that helps other people. It's just, tra- that is what innovation is, right? Like that's what, you know, taking it to the next level is or making something boring, exciting is it's just like moving things to the next uh, level and and cr- critically asking yourself what's wrong with the current state of things. So that's what I'm always doing. Every single day, I'm so right. critical. And it is so much fun, honestly. It's, it's a blast. No, I mean, I, and I think, you know, that's sort of the advantage that you have, right? Is that you're willing to be critical about what you have and you can start iterating on it. While a lot of the bigger companies are unwilling to do that or just don't like, or can't do that. Uh, I think that's one of the advantages of a startup is that you can be critical about things and you can be like, why are things like this and how can we change it and make the it better for the, the bureaucracy is real. Uh, I I've so. been in organizations where you can't ask like free flowing thought. You can't like, like right, right, what I'm doing right now is kind of thinking out loud and you can't do that. You've got to be yeah. polished. You've got to have a formal, you know, written statement of everything, but really, you know, in a startup, you can free flow thought. It's a stream of consciousness of, of creation where you're just kind of building upon whatever the thought before it is. You don't need to document literally everything to show and prove yeah. whatever it is to anyone else. Like it's me and my co-founder, we trust each other implicitly and we've got our own technical backgrounds that we're experts at. I fully trust him. He fully trusts me. And we we have ownership over this idea together. And as we're building, it's a stream of consciousness. But it's also like we're passionate about this. I really would love this thing to exist. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen. Yeah. So like that's kind of what it is. And I, I think like, um, yeah, the, the process of creating things. I hope that this is successful. I hope future is successful. There's no guarantee. But at the end at the end of the day, I'm having a, you know, the adventure, the process of per- perfecting myself and my craft and the ability to create something that uh, takes a stab at like moving the needle forward is in it in itself right. like in worthy worthy pursuit. So that's I if right. you know, in entrepreneurs listening, that's like you know, keep going. This is, it's, if it's worth it, it's worth it, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, you're inspiring <laughs> me, man. <laughs> I, the no, funniest thing uh... is like, whenever I, I'm like, think this way, I'm like, man, I'm actually inspiring myself, trying to push myself to go, go for the next day. Cause there's payroll, right. there's overhead, there's all this other, you know, fundraising stuff that can just be such a distraction uh, at the end of the day, like, it was funny, like my co-founder and I, we just want to like create a really cool thing that people love to yeah. use and all this other stuff, it can be very demoralizing and distracting. So, uh, yeah, it, if it's worth it, you know, go for it. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, you know, that's something I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs where it's like, you know, you have to worry about, you know, payroll, hiring, fundraising, all of that, but you know, at the end of the day, a lot of entrepreneurs are creators and, and they want to create new experiences. And so it's a necessary evil. I mean, you obviously have to do this in order to scale and, and, and bring your idea out to the world, but it's, it's, it's painful for them because they just want to keep creating and, and just keep working on it, you know, and not have to worry about all that. That's all that. That's true. Stuff. That's true. Yep. Well, 
I think that's a perfect time to wrap up. Like this is uh, this was really great. I, I'm really excited about future. Uh, just as a sort of a wrap up question before uh, you know we get into sort of your next steps and, and what's next for future. I was just wondering, is there a book that you recommend reading or a piece of content that uh, that you've stumbled upon that you think we should check out? I would say like in like the realm of like entrepreneurship, there's you know Paul Graham and all that kind of stuff is really great. I, I love like reading his essays. And I think like everyone knows that, but like for me, actually something that's really been meaningful in my life is going back to like older books, like classics, like that are, you know, one that really, I remember, you know, I, and I'm, I'm actually going back to pretty frequently is Plato had like a massive impact on my life and that his actual like viewpoint and philosophy on like the theory of the forms and uh, even like creating things that reflect the good, the true, and the beautiful, and you know, pushing yourself uh, to like a higher and higher state of being, like all that kind of stuff, really, uh, I think is applicable to thinking about like the worldview and the way that things are. And that, like, you know, imagine I think you know Plato, one of his ideas was like, imagine if you were to see like beauty face to face, like it you know, the capital B form of it. And if anyone's familiar with the idea right. uh, in, behind like, you know, the Republic and uh, the symposium and all that stuff is like, you know, if you were to see it face to face, you would be uh, immediately dumbfounded because everything that is beautiful in your life emanates from like a, a true form and a, of, you know, there's some sort of common element that connects back to it. So as we're creating things, as we're artists and building and designing, we we imitate the the you know the the ultimate form of beauty, and really we're always trying to perfect to get to that state. That's architecture. That's design. That's engineering. That's right. you know math. You know all that kind of stuff. So I'd say like you know I love I love going back to the beginning, and there's some lots of wisdom there that I like. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason it survived so many years, right? It's even even though it was written back then, there's so much that's applicable throughout human history at any time, including today. So, hundred uh, percent going back to the classics is a uh, it's pretty valuable, and I think I should be doing yeah, it more. Yeah, me often. too. I'm with you there. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to you know, just to wrap up, you know, what are the next steps for you in future? What's so what's this month? Uh, really grinding towards launching the MVP in. Uh, the goal is to do it by November. It's kind of an ambitious goal because we're going to launch uh, uh, multiple checking accounts uh, as well as, you know, the app on the App Store. Um, that Or it'll be like a, a test flight version, so an MV, MVP version. Basically, uh, a testable product that we can test with users to do checking, uh, budgeting, and then insights like your net worth, your cash flow, stuff like that. So anyways, we're going to be launching that uh, very soon. And... Uh, yeah, go to joinfuture.com. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll awesome. probably check it out launch day. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Spencer, for coming onto the podcast. Really enjoyed having you. And until the next one, everyone, thank you so much. Thank you.